Hey everybody, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. On today's show, I am joined by Robbie Triano, my colleague over at SiriusXM. The internet bad boys of the Big 12 are back. Nobody causes more consternation in the fan bases than Robbie and I will uh, and do. Today, Robbie's got some takeaways from the weekend, and he and I will break them down, talk about Spencer Sanders, about Kansas. Are they a threat this week against West Virginia? A whole lot more Baylor in their championship uh, aspirations, not just in the Big 12, maybe outside of it. So all that is coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here at Locked On Big 12 Podcast, joined today by Robbie Triano. A couple notes before we get going on the show. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Our goal is 2000 before the end of October or beginning of October, I should say. And we're well on our way right now. Uh, we're getting close at this point to 1900. So keep it going. We're trying to get to 2000 here uh, by the end of September. I think we're going to hit it. Uh, if you guys keep going after that. Also, if you guys want to join our CBS sports pick and pool, you can still do it. Even after one week of action, we'll pick games against the spread and if you finish in the top three at the end of the season, you will have a chance to win a prize pack from the folks here at Locked On. So top three will win prizes. All right, Robbie. So you've got some takeaways um, from this weekend. First of all, did you anger anybody? I angered UCF fans. I was a bit unfair to them yesterday in my joining Big 12 uh, kind of talk about the recap of the weekend. Ta I gave too much credit to Cincinnati. I didn't give enough credit to what UCF had accomplished. I frustrated their fans, so I apologize. Have you frustrated anybody this weekend on Twitter? I don't think this is a week you could really frustrate anyone. I think everyone had a good week, including West Virginia. Even though they lost, I think a lot of fans can say, you know what, we have a good group here. And uh, I, I thought that there is no way that you could piss off a fan base. You could say something mean about Quinn Ewers in Texas, but I don't think it's there. You could say something mean about Adrian Martinez, but I didn't do that. Uh, I thought overall the Big 12 did exactly what they should have done, and that's beat up on all these lower teams. All right, so you have some takeaways from this weekend. And really, like, especially in week one, you know, you try to do the best you can because of, of the competition that we had. We're really going to learn a lot about these teams this week, or maybe we think we'll learn some stuff uh, this week about who these teams are, what they need to fix, all those kinds of things. But – Let's get some takeaways from you. What was the number one thing that stuck out to you this weekend? So in this week, I thought that there wasn't a necessarily a lot you could learn with a team like Oklahoma, a team like Baylor, a team like Texas, where you know they have good pieces. They are playing bad opponents, like players that are, should not be playing near the Power 5 level. A team that I could actually take something away from that was like, you know what? You belong here in this conference. You belong. That is the Kansas Jayhawks. I thought that in a game that they should win, needed to win, if you are a better of that over, they dominated 56 to 10. I thought that their defense played great. I thought they had the ability with Jalen Daniels as their quarterback. He shined. This is a team that proved that they can play at the power five level 100%. And that's something that I'm taking away of. Okay, this should not be the easy W. Well, it may be if you're an Oklahoma or Baylor. But I think this could be a real contest for anyone else in the league this year is playing Kansas, which is something you could never say for the past five years and definitely in the Les Miles era. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I liken this game to the South Dakota game last year, right? They came out in that game, and, and you have to give the context too. Lance Leipold did not get spring practice last year with the with the KU team, right? He gets it this year. It's a full year, and we have to forget, like, guys, everybody talked about the Texas game last year. They were competitive against OU. They were competitive against TCU, and they were competitive against West Virginia. And part of becoming, like, a Power 5 team, like I mentioned, Robbie, is thumping bad teams. And so we might be saying it's Tennessee Tech. Well, that's the whole point, is that, like, against a bad South Dakota team last year, like, Kansas State struggled against South Dakota this week in some areas, and they still won 34 to nothing, right? And this was not, you know, we, the guys we talked to ourselves, like we weren't buying high on Kansas State. They still thumped, a, thumped a, an FCS team. Like, this is what you're supposed to be doing, and Kansas has not done that in the past. We laughed at them for all those games they lost at home, you know, against like, what was it, Rhode Island? I think maybe beat them, whoever it is, right? And the, the, they had to pull out that South Dakota game last year. So for them to do this, like you said, like if you're West Virginia at home this week, you're not sitting there thinking this is an easy game. Kansas ran for 9.9 yards per carry, basically 10 yards a carry. They've got a guy who is a returning quarterback who's had some success in this league and is like an athlete. And also, once again, like no, no team comes off of a 45-point win, Robbie, and thinking, you know what, we're probably not going to win this week, right? What do you think KU believes when they're going on the road this week? Like, yeah, we can definitely beat these guys. And I don't think, I mean, that's not something that they've probably had before. Like the belief is definitely going to be there. They, they they look just like more like a football team in this conference, I think is what kind of what you're saying. Correct. Yeah. hundred percent. And when I started covering the big 12, that's when Les miles first got hired. So the only thing I've really had to gauge about Kansas football, because I wasn't voluntarily watching Kansas football growing up. That's just not something I was signing up to do. All I saw was garbage. I saw players that were unmotivated. I saw players who didn't know what to do out there. These players look like kind of have size to them. And I thought that like we discussed for a while and we did our running back rankings in the summer, they have a good running back room and they have Devin Neal. They had six rushing touchdowns from five different players. Like, this is a team that can be dangerous. Like, I'm not going to say, you know what, Big 12 championships. I'm not going to say, you know what, they could be the fifth team in the Big 12. I could say this team cannot they, – they, they are good enough to not be the last team in the conference. And that's honestly a huge improvement for Lance Leipold. And, like, from what we can take away from week one, which is not a lot, that is something I can point and be like, things are going in the right direction. There's no way you can be a Kansas fan right now and say, you know what, things are bad. You have to have optimism. And then you look at the crowd there. It's like some of the biggest crowds they had in years. You actually have a fan base that cares. Like that is huge. And you go into the next step of the Big 12. I don't know how many wins Kansas is going to get this year. So we have to be high on them right now. Right. I I think it's like three or four, but like it's still good. It's still progress. Right. Where they were. All right. What do you got next, Robbie? I think you brought this up to me later this week. And it's a conversation we need to just have. Because we like to talk about everyone else in the league, except for this guy right here. And it's Spencer Sanders. I don't want to go skip Bayless and say he's a Heisman candidate, but he put up Heisman numbers. Career high in passing yards, 406 yards, four touchdowns. He was he was honestly watching him run. It was like, wow, he looks yeah. very athletic. Two touchdowns. I don't want to say and be like, you know what, he's, he's it. He's finally did it because it's one game against a MAC team. But we need to start giving Spencer Sanders some like legitimate 
credit because we want to say Dylan Gabriel. We want to say Blake Shapin. We want to say other other quarterback is going to be the best in the league. He was, he, he, he showed it. And I thought watching the film again, he like showed things with his arm that I did not see last year, the confidence. And honestly, just looking at his body type, he looks a lot. I don't know what the right word is. He legitimately looks like a little bit more slender. He looks a little bit more trimmed. He little he looks more athletic. And I think right. he has the confidence with them. And this is a game that I think he could definitely build upon. And they play Arizona State this week. Oklahoma State really doesn't have a very hard non-con. So this is a quarterback I can see heading into conference play with a lot of confidence under his belt. And I think we need to start giving him a little bit more credit because he's kind of been the punching bag for a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, this national televised game for them, you know, I mean, all their games are national televised, right? It, you know, that's how it works. But, like, this is a 7 o'clock Eastern time start this week. Um, so, kind of in addition, last week they were, they were not the main game on, but they were one of the Thursday night games, and he had this crazy performance. He's going to have a chance again this week to do it. Like, I don't think that Arizona State team is very good. Um, you know, I, they've lost so much. And to your point, Robbie, you know, I've used like the Notre Dame game, man. We just saw it. You just see it. His last two games combined, he's thrown for over 775, 770 yards. He's thrown seven touchdowns. He's ran for 170 yards combined the last two games he's played in. And he's rushed for two scores. And I thought as a runner, like he was dancing. I mean, he was in complete, uh, the, you know, a couple of things like physical command of his body. He was just in control. And also like in the game, the game itself, like he was in, he was single-handedly dictating the pace of the first half of an FBS football game against, I thought, you know, a pretty like funny enough, like he actually didn't throw for the most yards in that game. Richardson did. Now, once again, it was all garbage time, but like he put that game really out of reach. That game was not close. Scores has 14 points and a Chippewa's cover happened. It should not have happened. It sh that should have never have occurred. He's the main reason why now, you know, once the competition gets better, that is the big question, right? Will he curl up, you know, will he curl up at a ball or like he might depend on how his defense plays. He might just have to be the gunslayer. He might have to, he might have to just let it fly. And I think what's interesting is will it go, will it still be like half good, half bad, or will it be like, Oh my God, there's still the bad, but like, it can be a whole lot of good because I think the arm talent for him is a hundred percent there. It's just the, like the confidence and making the right decisions is, you know, and trusting yourself and, and, and coming back. Like that's the thing for Spencer Sanders for me, but there's a chance, Robbie, like you mentioned, he racks up a really impressive non-conference um, slate. And we're talking about Oklahoma state, the way we used to about an offensive team with an awesome quarterback. Uh, and that's kind of like the way we look at this team, which I think is definitely a possibility. There's there's two things I think you and I and a bunch of people talked about heading into the season, what he needed to do. One, be more consistent and not bad consistent, good consistent, right. where you were stretching these good stretches and not, you know, having these little bad spurts in between. And number two is, can he actually be the focal point of the offense where he can take everything on his shoulders? Last year, Jalen Warren did that. And yes, Spencer Sanders was first team quarterback, but Jalen Warren had a lot. I don't see a running back in this room that can do what he did last year. And I think Spencer Sanders in this game, he kind of put himself out there to be like, you know what? I can do that. I can right. be that person. Like I can take over a game. If I need to, I can win with my arm. I can win with my legs. He has to be consistent. This was an amazing and it's twice. Person. Now he's done this, right? I mean, the Notre Dame, like I know it's a bowl game, but it's still a new year's six game against Notre Dame. That was a motivated team. Cause it was Marcus Freeman's first game. And right. he did it in that game too. Like, 
he can do it, but you're right. It's not always going to look like this. It's just like, I think the big thing is obviously this week too. And then week four, right? I mean, week four against Baylor on the road, like mm-hmm. that's a huge, and that's a big game for him. I mean, there's, I mean, sure. You can say that they were one inch away, whatever. They lost that game because of Spencer Sanders. He was not good enough to win a big 12 championship at quarterback in that game. Defense was running game. You know, obviously it was, was hit or miss, whatever. The, the one thing you'd go back and say is Spencer Sanders was not good enough. And so, you know, I collision course for the first conference game, but like, yeah. if we include the game from last year against Notre Dame, we're starting, we are starting to see something. Yeah. It, it's funny that you bring up the Baylor game because when we saw him at big 12 media days, he like looked really dejected. And I was like, what's going on with, with Spencer Sanders? And the like, they asked him about the big 12 championship game. And he was like, dude, I just can't get over it. He, 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 I think he has used that as a lot of He's, motivation for this year. And right. like, I think he understood that a lot of it was on him. And I really think that has fueled him for this year. I mean, like, he just looked good. And I, I can tell that now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I like Baylor in that game because because <laughs> now what I see with him and it's like, that motivation. It's, I mean, it's, the question is, like, is he becoming a star? Like, this, that's what we're asking, right? And will he – the, the, I think the second part of this is, I mean, he's putting on star performances right now. Yeah. Can he be a star in big games that can win you, win you football games? Because that's not been asked of him yet in conference play. It was asked of him in that big 12, uh, the, the bowl game, the bowl games are bowl games. Can he do it in the conference games? That's interesting. We'll see. Uh, all right. What do you, let's, let's go to the other team we talked about. You've got someone on Baylor, I believe. Yeah. So with Baylor, it's mostly has to do with this, this matchup, this upcoming week against BYU, but just to touch on their last game, it's clear that they have an upgrade at quarterback, and that is Blake Shapin. I think that what they can do vertically, we talked about it, right. but then we, yeah. we actually see it. And when it comes to their weapons, we were like, what are they going to do? I, I think they're going to be just fine. Monterey Baldwin looked like an absolute beast in that game. Presley looked great as well. They can run the football. But, I mean, you see, they're playing Albany, so I can't take much stock into that. But what I'm really looking forward to is this BYU game because if they beat BYU on the road, I think we have to put them in the consideration or the conversation for a college football playoff team. I think they have the experience on defense. They have dudes. They have the the best offensive line in the league. I'll just say it. And they have a quarterback who is just brings a different dynamic and the dynamic that Jeff Grimes wants in his offense. If if Baylor can beat this BYU team, which a lot of people are talking about is going to be like a real threat and they have dudes, some of the best returning production in the league. If they can do that, you have to put them in the conversation for one of the best teams in the country. They may not be in Alabama, Ohio State, or Georgia, but they could be they could be fighting for that four team. I'm really curious to see how their defense looks this weekend. Uh last week, I mean, BYU's offense without Romney at wide receiver took USF behind the woodshed and whipped them. I mean, they could have scored as many points as they wanted. I'm actually really looking at Baylor's defense because I think you're totally right. Like we know what Blake Shapin is now. I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking about the extent to which they're going to be like really effective as an. I mean, I think it's going to happen for eventually. I just don't know. Like, look, how fast is this Blake Shapin thing going to be a thing? Is my is my question, right? I believe he's going to be really good. I think we've seen enough to know that he'll be really good. My question is not a matter of when or or if. It's just a matter of when. So I, I'm on that. If this is going to be true, though, this 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 you know talking about them in the playoff. Um, I know BYU is one of the better offenses they're going to see, but 
after losing Bernard, after losing Petrie, I know Dave Aranda is a defensive guy. When you run up against a team, you know, like a guy like Jaron Hall and wide receivers and running backs like Pua Nakua and I believe it's Baylor, Baylor Romney, which Gunnar Romney, one of the Romneys, whatever Romney it is. I always forget which one's still playing. Um, sorry, BYU yeah. fans. It's, you, you all you all know it can easily be mistaken. Uh, whichever Rom, Mitt Romney, I don't care who it is, yeah. can yeah. they check these guys, right? Can they do it? Because that's a question. I mean, you lost so many guys. You know, uh, Raleigh Tejada, they JT Woods. Like, it wasn't just – you know, the guys up, you know, the guys that we were talking about so much uh, with Bernard and Petrie. All right, here's a big challenge for you. You know, is is this thing going to be all together? It's my belief that this game this weekend could be a loss that kind of reveals what they have to fix. And I think Dave Aranda's really good at fixing stuff. So I actually kind of on the train of like, whatever happens this weekend, this could be the thing that is such a great test for them that could propel them forward through what is a really difficult schedule. We've talked about that. But I'm looking at the defense this weekend because I think it's just a matter of time or the offense comes around. Although I do have some questions about the skill players, but oftentimes if your offensive line is good enough, that can kind of just give those tie, you know, those guys time. The backs have nice holes, and the, and the wide receivers have time to get open. So I'm looking at the defense this week, Robbie, for Baylor. Yeah, uh, I, I'm looking at that too, just to see because I think the QB, the QB talent in this league, I think took an upgrade, and I kind of you can yes, see that with 100%. some teams. Uh, like even watching JT Daniels, it's like we did not have that last year no. and like i consider him maybe the fourth or fifth best qb in the league this year like right. there was not that last year so i want to see how they can defend that type but also like here's a question this may be too far down the road could a two loss baylor team be in the college football playoff do you think no. optically no that's right i, I think that, i think if they win this game they're they're hard the heart of their non-conference is over and all you have to worry about is Big 12 play. And if they win that, I really think that they can be one of the best teams in the league. Hey, everyone. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. It is the best way to play fantasy football, and you guys can do it right now. You can get your friends together and go to underdog.com. They've got a special deal for our listeners. You can sign up with promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. An underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100 free. Underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play. Once again, promo code locked on at underdogfantasy.com. The good news for them is, you know, we talk about like, you know, this is the very, this is kind of the college basketball side of college football. Is like if you look at their schedule, right? We're talking about like strength of schedule and quality wins and all kind of stuff. If you rip off at BYU, um, you're gonna have a chance with games against Iowa State. Uh, also, that Baylor game is Week Five. Uh, Oklahoma State's got the um, the Baylor Oklahoma State game is first of October, so I think I think there's a buy in there. Uh, but at Iowa State for them is a real. It's always a tough place to win. Uh, they have to go at OU. They have to go at Texas. So like, they have plenty of big kind of hit markers left. Uh, but if you KO, if you KO a top 25 BYU team on the road and you also pick up at Iowa state and you pick up Baylor or uh, Oklahoma state rather like, yeah, you, there's no argument. And OU like they can create a resume that looks strong enough. Now it's going to have to be a 12 and one, right? I think if you pick up one law, like let's just say you lose to OU and you beat him in the title game that could get you there. Right, and that could definitely get you there. Uh, two losses, no, but they've got the stuff to get there. I just think they have to win this game right here 
because it's a great non-conference road game and it kind of is just one more extra out-of-conference thing you can add to your resume. So that's where I'm at. All right, what else do you got? I want to go to Fort Worth. And I, I hated watching this game just because I thought it was incredibly boring and also it was just so late because of a delay. Yes. I, I went to bed at 2 p.m. Eastern, which is on a Friday. Like, that's that's what I'm doing with my wife right now. Uh, Wait, 2 a.m. Eastern, right? Yeah, 2 a.m. Did I say 2 p.m.? Yeah, 2 a.m. Yeah. yeah, I was like, wow. Yeah, we 2 a.m. Eastern. Uh, so that's what, yeah, that's what I'm doing in my life. But uh, the first half was ugly. But something that really intrigued me about this TCU team, they love – to get the ball around and a lot of different people touch the ball. Chandler Morris completed 13 passes. By the time he completed 13 passes, it was to nine different receivers. All we've talked about with this receiving core this offseason, and for good reason, is Quentin Johnson. Three receptions, 22 yards. This offense is just kind of intriguing because that what is that? <laughs> like, right. like I, I don't like the Sunny Dykes offense in the first half, I was like, this is ugly. But in the second half, like, I was interested watching it. They were effective running the football. And they had one, two, three, four, five, six, eight different people carry the ball. This offense is, like, very intriguing and something I'm just going to be watching because in the first half, I was like, this may be the lowest team I want to watch in the entire league. But now I'm just, like, intrigued. Like, what is this going to look like? And it's sad that Chandler Morris is hurt. Right. It's going to look different with Max Duggan as their quarterback. Hopefully Chandler Morris comes back by the SMU game. But this this offense really just left me a little bit puzzled. I was impressed with their defense a little bit. D. Winters is kind of a beast. He, yeah. was, he was one of my favorite players to watch this weekend. Yeah. But Colorado is just not good. Yeah. I they just that, that was an ugly game. I would not – if you're a fan of Colorado – I'm sorry. I'll root for you if you come to Big 12, but that, but yeah, this offense really is just very intriguing to me. Yeah. You know, the one thing I talked about this week with this game was all right, to turn down the experience of Max Duggan and go with Chandler Morris, you really must think that he gives you more, right? Of what you want to do. And I think you're right, spreading the ball around, like you're exactly right. That's kind of what they wanted to do. My question is in the short term, I, I don't know how long Chandler Morris is going to be out for. But, like, I think it was important for him to pick up the reps and kind of build, and that's been stunted now. And so now we have a really interesting question for their offense about, like, what is this going to look like? Can they spread the ball around as much now with Max Duggan? We know what he is as a passer, and what he is as a passer is Quentin Johnston normally down the field. Um, you know, a whole lot of big plays. So I think you're, I think you're spot on, Robbie, with this. Like, all right, it's cool they spread it around, but – can Garrett Riley and Sonny Dykes now get what they want out of this offense now that the QB position is very much in flux, right? That's kind of a yeah. big question. I, I don't know how a TCU fan can live sometimes because this is, seems to be not an issue, but just like you have a star talent. Like you look at Iowa State, Xavier Hudsonson dominated that game. He had eight receptions. It's clear Hunter Deckers was finding him every time. I just don't know why in this game it's not like, all right, let's just feed Quentin Johnson a bunch. Like, that's just right. my dumb brain, but obviously they want to get other people involved, and I get it. It's an early season game. You want to get people involved in that. But, like, you also had years ago Jalen Rager is being so underutilized in a lot of different situations. So if you're a TCU fan, it's like you must be like, why Why does he not get ball a lot? Like, it's just that simple. He need ball. I, I thought Darius Davis looked good too. I mean, he had that one touchdown. Agreed. You know, took like that dude's that dude's a playmaker. So 
I think you're right. They have to find ways to spread the ball around. All right, what do you have for your last takeaway? We talk about how the QB position in this league as a, as a whole has upgraded, but we saw a quarterback go down, and for another team, I think this could be season-shattering. This happened at Oklahoma, and their starting quarterback goes down. That changes everything. If you have Blake Shapen go down, they do have Kyron Jones, but he hasn't started a game. Any other team, if you had a quarterback go down, besides, no, even Texas. I did not like Hudson Card at the end of that UL Monroe game. But Texas Tech, you lose Tyler Shuck, and you have Donovan Smith, and then he throws for four touchdowns. I think Texas Tech has the best QB depth in the entire league, and I think they're the only team right now that you can confidently say they can sustain a QB injury. And that's the one thing I learned from that game, and they have one hell of a test against Houston who didn't look too sharp but won against UTSA. And I, I'm just praising Joey McGuire and honestly Matt Wells for getting that much talent for that room. So although the Tyler Shuck injury sucks, congrats to Texas Tech because you have maybe even the, who should have been the starter now being your starter. Well, congrats to Matt Wells for getting the guys. Joey McGuire, though, you know, he had to keep them, right? He had to become yeah. a new coach and keep them. And we know how you know, that's that's the one big key is recruiting your, your current players. I'll say this. Like, Tyler Shuck is the older guy. He's got all the athleticism in the world. We, we always know that, right? But Donovan Smith has put together this run of, like, this is not – he's not new to the league anymore. Sure, he's young. Listed as what, just still technically speaking, a, a sophomore. Right. But this is a guy that, like, I mean, he came in and tore it up because we've seen him do it before. Like, not, not a great game that he had against Mississippi State, but he was really strong against Baylor in a game they barely lost. Obviously, the Oklahoma State game was really difficult for him, but he was, I mean, that that game against Iowa State that he had, you know, 78% completion, 322 yards, and three touchdowns. Like, this guy's got it in him. You know, he really does have it in him, and he can be a really good player. And he's still very young. Now, I think the one thing they want, you know, with this offense, like we saw it, like Chuck was awesome. He was just distributing the ball all over the place and he can do that. Um, I think maybe just the method at which Donovan Smith does it in other games is going to be changed, right? It's not going to be your traditional passer. Like get, you want to get this guy moving some, you want to get him out in space. And to your point about the depth, Robbie, I mean, they have three guys who could start on other teams. Like I think TCU would take all three of, 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 uh, of their starters right now. Totally. You know, I like Jalen Daniels of Kansas, but I think like there's a chance that KU would take all three of these guys, right? These are all guys that could play at a lot of different places um, right now. You know, Hey, maybe even if, they, if one of these guys was, was going up against Quinn Ewers, maybe they would have won you know, the job, you know, at, at Texas. Like that's how good, in my opinion, this QB room is the guy came off the bench and threw four scores. Like it was nothing. And it was Murray state, but like, come on, just got off. I mean, we saw Adrian Martinez go up against Kansas state, like suck or against the South Dakota suck. Like this dude, these dudes off the bus can just come out and spin it. And I think, I mean, you're, you're totally right. Like they, they're still three point favorites after losing their starting quarterback this week. I guess it's yep. a top 25 team. Why is that true? Cause they're not losing much. Cause they're not losing much. Uh, all right. I know you have to roll Any, anything final. You want to get in here before you get out of here. This is an incredible slate of Big 12 games yes. coming up this weekend. It is the real test. This this week one was just like, all right, they're on the field. We can see them. They did well. This is the real test. And for a lot of Big 12 teams, 
this may be heartbreak week for for some of you. Definitely for Texas. I do not see them winning that game, but we could see some upsets here in the Big 12, and uh, it's going to be the juiciest of juice, the juiciest Big 12 slate. And honestly, some of the best games in the entire country are in this conference. I agree. They've got like six or seven games I've marked down. One, two, three, four, five, six that I think are awesome or you know, at least exciting games this week. All right, Robbie, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Follow me at the Triano Kid on Twitter. I'm a disruptor, apparently. And you can follow us on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio once you're done listening to this. Channel 375. We got programming in the morning. We got programming in the afternoon. Josh Neighbors makes an appearance on there as well. So tune in. We do a great job. All right. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show at LO Big 12. Wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Robbie, as always, man, it was a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you, Josh.